Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Rapid Recap on the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. I'm Zach Carpenter, he's Steve Marek. Today, Nebraska had its fifth spring practice and second open practice of the spring, so we got our second 40-minute window at the beginning of practice, and today's setup was a little bit, quite a bit different today in terms of what we're able to see. It was structured when we were in there, um, long stretching period, Matt Rule had a, uh, a long talk a little speech um, to the team, um, talking about challenging them to be more united and bring more intensity. And then they broke off into that, into a lot of special teams work. And so only the last five to seven minutes of practice that we were in there for was broken up into individual offensive and def defensive drills. But still in that entire time frame, 40 minutes or even that last five to seven minutes, Steve, what was your number one takeaway from today? Well, I was gonna stick with one, but I'm gonna go two. I remember, I just I just liked it that it was really cold out there. It was like 25 degrees. You saw the player's breath and it just, for a coaching staff who has talked about wanting to play in the elements, play in meaningful conference games in November, um, you know, they got a similar version of that today. I mean, it was really cold out there and just to see guys running around with the breath coming out of their helmets it just kind of looked like fall even though it's it's definitely not fall so um but my top observation nerd and newelli the offensive lineman um norris high school grad from uh, just south of lincoln originally from germany he was suspended last season he was probably going to be a starter at one of the guard spots he's back out there um for for uh, spring practices and i don't know i think he looked good and don't take it from me, take it from Donovan Ryle, the offensive line coach. There was a lot of like, yeah, good jobs. Like there was just a lot of high praise um, for uh, Nerd and Newelli, who was just doing a lot of good things with his practice reps. Um, and also a, a kind of a cool thing that I saw also was Ethan Piper, another guy who's a, a strong candidate to, to maybe start at one of those two guard spots and maybe even be the backup center behind Ben Scott. He was really doing a good job, I think, of uh, showing leadership. It's his fifth year in the program um, coming out of Norfolk Catholic. And um, he, he took Justin Evans Jenkins, who's another kind of young growing center in the program and showed him the correct way to do, do like a technique and in then in a, during a drill. So I thought that was kind of cool. So those are my um, two, uh, two observations that I tried. I tried a lot to stay um, with the offensive linemen and uh, just kind of see how, what they were doing today. And yeah, Nuri, Nuri was doing pretty well out there, I think. Oh, perfectly well, perfectly on brand for you to be focused on the offensive yeah. line. I think that's Steve's yeah. probably number behind nickel, yeah. probably the number two that's personnel true. group that you like to well, follow. It's an important right? position. It's an important <laughs> position. Yeah, and it's fun. It, it you know the offensive line matters so much uh, to this program's history, and I think it matters so much to Marcus Siderfield's offense. And like I, like I mentioned on the message board at Inside Nebraska all the time, we can talk about the quarterbacks until we're blue in the face. We can talk about all the cool running backs, all the wide receivers, all these awesome tight ends. But if the offensive line doesn't come together and take a step forward from what they showed uh, last season, it's, none of that's gonna matter really. So yeah, I do like to keep an eye on the offensive line. Um, and, and today, I, I, I really enjoyed doing that. I love talking about the quarterbacks and running backs. Yeah. As you know, those I are, like those the cool star too. positions and corners. Um, speaking mm -hmm. of the running backs, um, Anthony Grant, running back who Anthony was Grant. previously suspended from practice, mm -hmm. he was back out there. So Anthony Grant and Tommy Hill, uh, originally suspended or back practicing. Tommy was yeah. already practicing last week during open practice, but Anthony Grant back out there today. Um, that's one of the observations I had. Um, Last week, I was focused on the offense. You were focused on the defense. Today, mm -hmm. we uh, flip-flopped. 
and like I said already, didn't get as extensive of a look into yeah. the both sides of the ball. But during that short um, period at the end where I was looking at the defense, there were three groups, um, three personnel groups going from station to station, going in circuits. Um, one was being run by Terrence Knighton, defensive line coach, who was working with them on um, attacking blocks, taking on blocks, shedding them, powering through and uh, ripping through to get to a ball carrier. Um, linebackers coach Rob Dvorak, he was working on form tackling um, and secondary coach Evan Cooper, I think he was working mostly on footwork stuff, backpedaling, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. But what I noticed was that they were kind of the group, the three groupings were all mixed together with defensive linemen and the edge outside linebacker types, inside linebackers and safeties cornerbacks. There was all kind of a hodgepodge mm -hmm. all mixed together. And I was taking a look at the three groupings they had. And in one group, there's the guys that we all think either are returning starters from last year or guys we expect to either start or have a significant role in this defense all in one group. Um, obviously, Ty Robinson, Blaze Gunnarsson are still out mm -hmm. of spring ball, but you had uh, Nash Hutmacher along with a couple freshman principal, Uman Yellen, mm -hmm. Cameron Lenhart. Um, and then you have, so Nash Hutmacher, Chief Borders, MJ Sherman, Luke Reimer, Quentin Newsom, Malcolm Hartzog, Miles Farmer, Omar Brown, uh, a couple other guys a lot of uh, mixed in. in. That group. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, well, that's notable. And then the other groups, I mean, you have got a couple other guys like Jamari Butler or others who uh, we expect to see, um, we could see a significant role from, but it was pretty obvious that that group was loaded. Mm -hmm. And so that's why at the end of the press conference with Matt Rule after the practice, I asked for some clarity about are these defensive groupings for those individual periods, are they already um, separated as ones, twos, and threes, or how are those separated? And he said, no, they're just going through defensive circuits. Um, <laughs> it's funny that he said they're not grouped into ones, twos, and threes, but we do have an A, B, and C group. Mm -hmm. uh, so semantically speaking, I think um, that's how they were grouped. But he said those change, those fluctuate, because right now, he said normally you would have the um, them grouped together as the bigs, the bigs, the linebackers, and the DBs um, as three separate groups. But mm -hmm. I heard you laugh at this when he said it uh, during the press conference. I heard a slight snicker from you when he said, we have more defensive backs than anyone in the, any team in the country right <laughs> now. Does. Because he was saying it, like, maybe, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But it was underlining a point that he keeps saying, um, we, have, we have a ton of defensive backs. So that's why he said couldn't. Um, separate them into those three groups like you normally would, but still that grouping was telling, but it also is kind of lining up with what we think is going to wind up being that the top of the line of the defensive depth chart, yeah. even though he said, I can't even think about putting together a depth chart yeah. until fall, that's, which is yeah. what we expect. That's what I was going to say is I'm, I'm glad that rule put that out there because, you know, he, he did say that, you know, I can't even think about a depth chart right now. They have to, they're using this spring to experiment with guys as we'll talk about uh, soon here with, with a couple of them. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to try to say, oh, these, these guys are in these positions and these drills and that's the depth chart, I, I really doubt that that's, that's, that's the case. Um, you know, there's a lot of football left to be practiced and a whole fall camp and a whole summer uh, to go. So 
Um, I'm glad that rule put that out there. That you know the, the depth chart really isn't a thing right now. I don't think coming from the guy idea. who the, coming from the guy who spent hours on a pre-spring depth yeah. chart that yeah. one, that I made him put together. <laughs> maybe I should but, send it rules way and see what he says. <laughs> yeah, maybe be spot on or pretty accurate yeah, so far. Um, and then uh, the defensive. Uh, Defensive groupings, yeah, that, that was notable. But um, the other thing, Jeff Sims, the quarterback uh, grouping, they were throwing a little bit. We got like a small snippet of throws, but nothing spectacular. He spoke at the podium after. Uh, he called Casey Thompson a natural-born leader. Um, and, again, the update on Casey is that there's not really an update yet. Nope, um, no update. He still hasn't been throwing um, other than like a couple flips here and there, but not throwing still in a yellow jersey. Rule talked about how impressed, um, and there's no timetable, there's no exact date mm -hmm. yet. They talked about progressions last week for Casey Thompson, but um, still no exact date, still not throwing. Rule talked about how impressed he's been with, with Jeff Sims throughout spring ball. Um, we're still seeing some of the same things, I think. Physically, nothing's changed since last week. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the running backs, I don't know if there's a main takeaway from you other than mine for the running backs is Emmett Johnson, I think. Um, he could be used. He was with Josh Fleeks. Those two guys were the first up in the kick return drills, followed mm -hmm. by Billy Kemp and Ramir Johnson. But uh, Fleeks and Emmett were the top two in that group. And um, Rule talked about it, Presser that he really likes Emmett, um, yeah. his game. I think he could be a special teams contributor. But just overall with the running backs, what do you see? Yeah, I think Matt Rule really likes Emmett Johnson, and we know that Emmett Johnson might not. I'm going to go out on him and say, you know, nothing against Emmett Johnson, but I don't think he has kind of the talent that others in the running back room do right now. Now, he, yeah, Emmett Johnson is a super young player, and he can obviously develop into that. Um, but I think what, what Emmett Johnson could really, you know, do well for himself is on special teams, and I think Matt Rule sees that as, as kind of a young guy who's willing to do anything uh, to get on the field and, and impress. And once you can do that, it opens doors for the offense too. And, you know, if Emmett Johnson could be a potential punt returner or a kick returner on this team, I think that's awesome for him. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to wind up cracking the two deep or yeah. get um, too well, heavily into the rotation. Room, so. Exactly. Um, but I do think, uh, I think the coaching staff and Rule especially are impressed with him. And I know you said he's not as talented physically, but I do think there is something there of just he's, he sees um, he has good vision and he mm -hmm. just he's able to sort of dissect things quickly, which is yeah. so imperative in he, that he was an quarter player. of a second that yeah. you get the handoff and you're going. He was an excellent player in, in the high school ranks in Minnesota and he had, a, he had the ball in his hand a lot as a, as a high schooler. So yeah, he has a lot of experience doing it and I, I definitely would think that he has vision would be one of his good traits there. Yeah, and then um, next, our next open practice we're going to be at is next Tuesday, April 4th. Um, putting you on a spot here, who, if you're, there's one guy, uh, we'll probably split it up again where you're taking offense, I'm taking defense, and, okay. or um, we're figuring it out right now on the podcast. <laughs> you're knowing that now. <laughs> um, if, we do, if, if we do wind up splitting it up that way, either offense or defense, though, honestly, it doesn't matter. Who's like one guy that you're really excited to watch, like put a spotlight on? Honestly, it's the tight ends. Um, Arik Gilbert. He's not limited at all. He's been out there, just a giant, massive human being. And, you know, if you go watch his LSU tape from his true freshman season, he was an all-freshman all SEC timber, kind of good. Um, but, yeah, the Tigers were using him as a legit wideout, um, and they were using him as a, a hybrid 
tight end. Um, he was in line, he was offline, he was just doing a whole bunch of different things. Now he wasn't 270 or 280 pounds like he is right now. And I'm wondering if the coaching staff actually wants him that, that high. Um, but that's who I'm out of everybody on the offense. I mean, Jeff Sims, we can talk about the quarterbacks. That's kind of a given in my opinion, but um, out of everybody, I'm looking at Arik Gilbert and, and, and just thinking about like what he could be in this offense. He could, you know, is he, is he willing to stick his nose in the fan and be a tough Big Ten um, run blocking tight end who could also go out and, and, you know, be a mismatch nightmare in the passing game? I, I think that's possible. So I just want to go out there and, and see him, honestly. I want to see more of Reed Gilbert. One thing that just popped in my mind that an interesting stat with Gilbert at LSU that season, 24 of his 32 catches went for either a first down or a oh, touchdown. Really? That's pretty good. And so that kind of that popped out like, mm -hmm. all right, he's a dependable move, yeah. chains mover. Mm -hmm. And they got a couple of them on this team on, of Arik Gilbert and Billy Kemp, yeah. who was a notorious chains mover. And mm -hmm. um, we talked about him plenty as a guy who can be used in that short to intermediate passing game or behind yeah. the line of scrimmage with those yes. jet passes. Um, There's not more of a surefire positive impact, instant impact guy of the of the transfers of the transfer additions and Billy Kemp in my opinion. I think that guy is gonna step onto the field day one and be a contributor and potentially I've said this before, but lead the team in receptions. I could definitely see somebody like that doing that. I I, I, I that is my prediction for that receiver group is that Billy Kemp is gonna lead the team in receptions. Yeah. Like, I mean it's not even off. that it's not much of a bold prediction because yeah. of the way that we <laughs> look expect at what to he use did. Him. Like yeah, look at what he did at Virginia. Look at what Marcus Satterfield is saying he wants this offense to be positionless offense where a guy can do play multiple roles. That I mean Billy Kemp did exactly that at Virginia and um, and you know I just think that he's gonna step into Lincoln, step into this program right here and just be that all everything wide out that Marcus Satterfield can kind of play with. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before too. He just, he's that number one candidate to me. Maybe he doesn't wind up being a true number one receiver in like the traditional sense of the word. Mm -hmm. I just think he's the number one candidate to be the, whoever the starting quarterback is, he's the number one candidate, be, candidate to be their favorite target. Because security of how, blanket too. Yep, how reliable mm -hmm. he is and security blanket, like you said. Mm -hmm. Last thing that we completely buried sort of a lead here yeah, <laughs> that let's we get didn't the talk gray, about. Gray jerseys out of the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there were, players in green jerseys to signify they're limited mm -hmm. in practice. Yellow jerseys say they're injured, they're out right now. Um, so those guys were over doing stationary bike work, jogging, um, mm -hmm. stretching. And then there were two guys today that we saw for the first time in gray jerseys. It was A.J. Rollins, tight end, mm -hmm. and Jaleel Martin, defensive back. Mm -hmm. And those gray jerseys um, signify that they're, those players are now practicing both ways. So on offense mm -hmm. and defense, so Jaleel Martin, defensive back practicing at wide receiver yep. and um, AJ Rollins tight end is now practicing at defensive line defensive as well. Defensive line yeah really interesting stuff from from Matt Rule and you know we've seen this with him wanting to tinker and tailor with different different guys positions and next up is uh, yeah uh, AJ Rollins and Jaleel Martin so Rule did mention and he mentioned this with uh, Ramir Johnson too who worked a little bit at slot receiver today they, they did have some, I, I think, some nicks and bruises with some uh, wide receivers who weren't able to practice on Tuesday. So that's kind of a big reason why Ramir Johnson went and uh, practiced with the receivers and Jaleel Martin went and practiced with the receivers. Uh, so that might have had a play with it. But, and that defensive backs group that we yeah, talk about. A lot of defensive backs. Um, but yeah, A.J. Rollins, I mean, a lot of in-state uh, Husker fans from Nebraska know about him. 
Creighton Prep product, played in a big run-heavy offense um, at Creighton Prep, so he did a lot of blocking. So, I mean, the, the, the path for playing time at tight end with A.J. Rollins, I don't know if it was that clear. I don't know if it's that um, you know, easy to see for a guy like him. But on the defensive side, I, I don't really know what to think. I mean, it's, it's intriguing to say, to say the least. I mean, he's six foot six. He's around 220, 225 pounds. So that's like a, he looks like an edge defender for sure. Uh, so, I mean, that's just another kind of interesting position move that Rule is doing and seeing, seeing if it works. Now, he's not, it's not um, set, set in stone, stone yet. Um, obviously, A.J. Rollins can go and take reps at tight end as well. Same thing with Jill, Jaleel Martin over at safety. So, um, yeah, just two, two uh, um, interesting additions with the gray jerseys, which was obviously the first time that we saw that at practice. I feel really good about myself after we were seeing that, and I'm like, I wonder if that means that they're playing both ways. Be after I saw I, Rollins in that defensive grouping, yeah, I'm like, I, I wonder if that, yeah. that's what that means, rule confirm that and I'm just did like a little mini fist bump in my head I'm like all right I'm on to something here <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know what I I was running through it in my head I'm like what could this mean I didn't I didn't know <laughs> look at that I'm smarter at football than Steve <laughs> <laughs> look at that he's gonna take so much offense to that no, no. Um, I know you said about the position changes and yeah. rule said that there's um, nothing else has uh, no other position changes have been made yet um, but he said he could see that happening in the near future which We'll get, a, like I said, our next chance to check that out next Tuesday, April 4th, at the next open practice. And then uh, we also have more press conferences coming on Thursday, which you can check out uh, content, written content from us uh, and the rest of the Inside Nebraska team at nebraska.rivals.com. And make sure to lock it into the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to that, so you can get the videos dropped directly into your feed. So again, busy week, busy next few days coming. We'll have it all covered here. So for Steve Marek, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we'll catch you guys again next time.